This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Monday, March 27th. I'm Julia Caulfield. In today's headlines, understanding climate change through outdoor recreation. G is for government previews Telluride Town Council. Finding abundance and absence in new book of poetry and a mountain weather forecast. Growing up, Len Nessifer didn't spend a lot of time on the Colorado River. I'm originally from the Navajo Nation, and, and historically, the Colorado River is very inaccessible to my community because of costs and the challenges around permitting and the fact that there's not many folks that do, you know, river rafting or guiding or, you know, and that, that can extend to things like skiing as well. And it wasn't until I was older in which I got to visit these places and see these things and really begin to connect, um, you know, some of our traditional stories about these places and, you know, how it ties into me being Navajo. And that was through the, that was through skiing and um, rafting. But since then, Nassifer has spent a lot of time on the rivers and mountains in the Southwest, thinking and writing about climate change and the impacts of water in the West. I'm a recovering academic and so I've spent a lot of my time, um, you know, I've wrote journal articles and done that whole thing. But, you know, one of the challenges that I saw of that particular creation of knowledge is that it's often fairly inaccessible unless you're in the academy yourself. Nessifer holds a Ph.D. from Carnegie Mellon University. He taught at the University of Arizona and worked for the U.S. Energy Department. Now he wants to help people find a stake in the climate crisis. You know, because of how many people depend on this river, um, also, how many people just spend time in the mountains and the water and like the snowpacks of these places? It's like we each have uh, a stake in what's going to happen here. And so, really, over the past, I would say, five years, I've been trying to figure out how do you um, do work like science communication um, through the lens of outdoor rec. This week, Nessifer will be in Telluride for a presentation exploring the Colorado River drought and tribal water rights through outdoor recreation. The talk is a collaboration between the Wilkinson Public Library, Sheep Mountain Alliance, the Telluride Mountain Club, San Miguel Watershed Coalition, the Telluride Institute, San Juan Backflow Services, and Telluride Irrigation. Nessifer says focusing on outdoor recreation brings in individuals who already have a love for the landscape. We all care for the places that we spend time in, right? And so it's like, how do we become advocates for the places that can't speak for themselves in these policy discussions, you know, or whatever it may be. And and I think, um, you know, when we spend time in these places, they become part of us, you know. (laughs) He notes it's not about dumbing down information, but finding ways to make it accessible. Especially with stuff around the Colorado River and water in the West, it's a really complicated issue and it's really messy. But if you have that sort of grounding point of, you know, this affects, this is how my community ties into this larger picture, it then starts to feel, um, I like to say, more bite-sized. Um, and, you know, why Why does the outdoor rec community matter in this particular instance? You know, there's, of course, the economic reasons of, you know, outdoor rec being one of the, one a huge part of the U.S. economy. Um, but, you know, there's there's also the the power in which, you know, people speaking from their experiences of, of spending time in these landscapes or having a vested interest in these places really goes a long way um, in, changing policymakers' minds into framing discussions. And I think I think sometimes it's I've always found it's like if, if I can help find a helpful framework or context of where my voice fits into that discussion, I, I, I personally I feel a little more empowered in that process. Nessifer will be the keynote speaker of a new series looking at water in the West. The presentation will take place at the Wilkinson Public Library on Tuesday, March twenty eighth, from six to eight PM.
Telluride Town Council is meeting on Tuesday with DEI, housing and short-term rentals on the docket. In this installment of G is for Government, Council Member Geneva Shawnette shares what to expect. Hey Geneva, thanks for coming in for another installment of Jews for Government. Oh, thanks for having me on the radio. So Telluride Town Council is meeting on Tuesday and you're starting with an executive session, which obviously you can't talk in depth about, but can you share a little bit about what the executive session is and then how it relates to things happening later in the meeting? Yes, absolutely. So last week, um, Town Council had a joint session with planning and zoning and HARC, which was really incredible. And we discussed some trends of different design and PUD um, trends that we're seeing within the town and within the development process. And there were a couple changes that we want to make to uh, the design guidelines and perhaps the land use code that we in order to avoid, you know, a rush to get applications in under the old rules, we are going to discuss um, potentially uh, an emergency ordinance to suspend taking just those specific kinds of applications while we amend the rules and then opening it back up. So this is not um, by any means an across-the-board suspension of uh, building application permits, um, but we are going to talk in executive session about what exactly um, that's going to look like. And then potentially and then vote on whatever. Yep, we'll have an action item um, at 120 public hearing, uh, consideration of an emergency ordinance, which requires only one vote. It doesn't require um, two votes like an ordinance, but it does require a supermajority. So it will need um, five council members to vote in the affirmative in order to um, generate these uh, suspension for taking applications on these certain specific kinds of developments. So that is all before the the public meeting even starts. And then you start the morning with three work sessions. Can you give us a rundown of what those are looking at? Yeah, so um, our first work session at 10 a.m. is overview of the Town of Telluride's Justice, Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion Program, also known as JEDI. Um, This is uh, an initiative that the town is embarking upon um, under the guidance of our uh, manager's office and our staff in the manager's office. Basically, what we're going to be getting is an overview of this topic from our town staff and a plan for their development of this um, Jedi plan for the town of Telluride. After that, we have, we're going to be discussing town council's compensation and benefits package, I guess. <laughs> I think that some of us on council are interested in discussing this because sometimes running for council and serving as a council member uh, is only really available to those who are financially stable enough to, uh, you know, spend the time doing that instead of working a job. Um, and so we're going to discuss you know, whether or not we want to change the compensation package as it stands uh, in hopes of attracting a more diverse pool of candidates to run for office. And then the final work session in the morning. Um, yes. So Scott Robson, our town manager, is going to be leading a discussion on Town of Telluride's future involvement with child care. Uh, we, the Town of Telluride, actually own um, a child care center in town, but we don't operate it. And um, so we're going to be discussing just 
in general, the future of the town's involvement in childcare. And then you'll break for lunch. You come back and kind of start with a number of maybe more admin type things. And then there's there's a few issues that folks might might care about in the afternoon. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Well, first of all, we're going to be discussing, uh, we have another work session at three. We'll be talking about proposed changes to the water conservation code um, that mostly have to do with landscaping. Um, But that's just a work session. Nothing's being um, adopted. Our first action item is at 3.30. We will be discussing the open space work plan for 2023. In the afternoon, we have a Telluride Housing Authority. Um, We will convene as the Telluride Housing Authority. Um, We will be considering a recommendation from uh, to hire a design build team for remodeling Building F, um, which needs to be remodeled. And then during the manager's report, um, probably one of the more uh, hot topics in the town is our short-term rental cap that we currently have in place that was passed um, two falls ago called 2D. Uh, that, you know, froze the amount of licenses that we have um, available in the town. And that expires, that that cap expires in November. So what we've done is we put out a, a request for proposals from data analytics firms to do conduct uh, an economics and rates and numbers study regarding short-term rental units. Um, and so we'll be getting the, we'll be looking at the proposal from the uh, firm that our, our, town manager has recommended. And um, we'll talk about the scope of that study, the timeline. Um, But just to give a brief overview, we'll basically, they will be collecting, once we hire them tomorrow, if we vote to hire them, um, they will commence the study and we will be hearing in late spring from them a bunch of data and reports. And that will uh, guide us through our discussion of what to do about November we have basically three options of what can happen. We can, with a lot of variation in between, of course, but we can, if we, if the town does nothing, then the cap would expire in November and there would be no limit on short-term rental licenses again. Um, we could extend that, um, that law, which would basically keep the number where it is for now, or we could decide a new limit. So before we make those decisions, we've always maintained that we need more information. And so that's why we're hiring this firm to do the study, present us with the data. And we look forward to um, seeing the info and deciding, you know, what's best for our town. And we invite anybody to participate in that conversation. Yeah. Well, it's a very uh, busy meeting that y'all have going on (laughs) tomorrow. A lot of um, important topics coming up for discussion. So Geneva, thanks for coming in and chatting and we'll see you in person on Zoom or on the airwaves tomorrow. Sounds good. Thanks so much. Local poet Kelly Fox's latest book of poetry, In Abundance and in Absence, is almost like a time capsule. It's a collection of poetry uh, juxtaposed with 35mm film stills that I took. And a lot of it's from a period of my life where I was traveling a lot. And it's like a lot of transitional work and like existing in a transitional space and dealing with that. Now it's been so long since I wrote them that I feel really removed from it because I'm just in a different place. But um, yeah, pretty 
don't know, intimate, autobiographical. While she feels distant from the work herself, Fox says she hopes readers will find connection in her words. My favorite part of reading poetry is being able to find yourself in somebody else's words or like finding words that feel familiar or feel like it's something that you've been trying to say and then they just found the words for it. Um, so I guess I hope that people connect with my writing like that. This week, Fox is hosting a book signing and reading at the Between the Covers bookstore. It's going to be a tea party, so come dressed in your spring finest in the middle of winter. Fox stopped by KOTO to share a piece of work from her new book. We sit and turn our faces to the sky, a blaze of oranges and yellow ochre fading swiftly to pinks as soft as the breeze that tickles my leg hair. The flock of swallows which rises from tall trees two streets over seems like a young one. Their sweeping turns not yet coordinated, a lone bird occasionally bursts forth, riding its solitary updraft. Power lines bisect my vision, and I think of the power coursing through them feeding into houses spread like spiderwebs across our quarter mile. It's strange to think I know so little about the people in these houses, their lives reduced to cubes of winking light as dusk falls, dipping the streets in cerulean blue. Humans are a young flock too, I think, each scrabbling for purchase in our own pockets of warm air. Kelly Fox will hold a book signing and reading of her new collection of poetry in abundance and in absence at Between the Covers Bookstore on Wednesday, March 29th from 5 to 6 p.m. The COVID-19 Federal Public Health Emergency Declaration will officially be lifted in May, and that means Medicaid-continued coverage will end. In order to maintain coverage, San Miguel County Social Services is urging individuals to complete, sign, and return their renewal packet as soon as possible. Social services officials note they are not able to process unsigned packets, so a signature is of the utmost importance. Individuals will receive their renewal packet in the mail and can return it by email, postal mail, or by dropping it off at the county offices in the Miramonte building in Telluride. The deadline to register for the 2023-2024 school year is coming up. The Telluride School District will host a final registration workshop on Wednesday, March 29th from 2 to 6 p.m. at the Palm Lobby. There will be staff available to help with accounts and passwords, filling out online forms, answering questions, translation assistance, health forms, and more. Parents can also register their children online at TellurideSchools.org. The registration deadline is Friday, March 31st. Wyoming's abortion ban is reversed, for now. A Teton County District Judge issued a temporary block last week, questioning state lawmakers' recent move to define abortion as not health care. For Rocky Mountain Community Radio, KHOL's Hannah Mersbach reports. For more than three hours, Judge Melissa Owens heard arguments on the recent Life is a Human Right Act that went into effect just days ago. Lawyers for the plaintiffs, which include one of the state's only abortion providers, said 
the law discriminates on the basis of sex and doesn't offer equal protections to women. The defense argued the legislature can decide what's available and what's not in terms of health care. After Owens announced her decision, Jackson Town Counselor Jessica Sell Chambers teared up with relief, but says the fight is far from over. I'm just putting my faith in the courts at this point to really get us a, an answer to this question that is forever looming, especially in our state. It's the second time a ban passed by the legislature has been held up in Teton County courts. Some, including the governor, have said they'd rather put the issue before Wyoming voters and make it a constitutional amendment. Hannah Mersbach, KHOL News. The National Weather Service forecast for the western San Juans calls for mostly cloudy skies tonight with a low around zero and wind chill values as low as negative 10 degrees. Tuesday calls for increasing clouds with a high in the mid-40s during the day and a low in the mid-20s at night. Winds could gust as high as 30 miles per hour. Wednesday, expect partly sunny skies. The high is around 45 degrees with wind gusts as high as 35 miles per hour. Wednesday night should be partly cloudy with a low around 30 degrees. This has been the news for Monday, March 27th. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team at 970-728-3206.